Hello, this is Stephen Dominguez, the S in the BS Podcast Network. Please enjoy this fine, fine podcast. Coming to you from the 15th floor of Alani Disney Resort and Spa in Koalina, Hawaii. With the sounds of the Aloyo Room from below, you're listening to the Magic Our Way podcast with your hosts, Kevin, Danny, Eli, and Lee. Enjoy. Mahalo. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way podcast. podcast. Sada, everyone. You're listening to the Magic Hour Podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are artistic buffs talking about dizzy stuff, and this is the show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicAway.com is where you can find us. My name is Kevin. And I am Danny. And on this show, we follow the dizzy concept of edutainment where we focus on your entertainment, and along the way, you just might learn a thing or two. And to join in our discussion, we have our resident comic genius from IvoryComics.com, Mr. Eli Ivory. How you doing, sir? Doing good, man. How you guys doing on this fine evening? We are beautiful. Oh, <laughs> well, a uh, happy Halloween to you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> very good. And also, back in the Fat City Studios, we have our very own Mr. Beijing, Chloe Lee Van Winkle himself, Lee Lastavica, Magical Moments Vacations. How you doing, sir? Good, man. The party was so nice, I had to come twice. <laughs> is, is Lee Van Winkle is that new? No, that's been there. That's like probably one of the most recent. I forgot you have like a multitude of of yeah, I have a bunch. Yeah. Got to break them down. Got to break them down. I forget yeah. how famous you are. Break them down. Break them down. Way way down. And also back in the Fat City Studios is our officer Mawikin Kirk Landry coming up from the Bayou. Welcome to Fat City, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Nice to be back. Awesome. And guys, today we have an incredible show. And this is part two of our Haunted Mansion ghost discussions. Hopefully last week you learned something, and today you're going to learn a little bit more. Because there's even more ghosts and even more names you're going to have to learn so that way you can be fully educated. So the, this is a this is a two-show course it's a yeah, lot of origin on the Haunted story. Mansion ghost. So well, this is where we get to the good stuff, the graveyard, the ballroom, yes. all that good stuff. Little Yoda, you know, and the, and the stuff in the, the, the little secret hideaway. No, hallway. Sorry. Things you don't know about. That everybody accesses. But anyway. Spoiler. <laughs> So this is going to be a lot of fun, guys. This is part two. Um, uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out part one, be sure to do that because you'll learn more about those ghosts over there. And uh, yeah, let's get on to learning more about the magic. So from here, we enter into the Grand Hall, which is the place that we all know the best for the Pepper's Ghost effects, that beautiful scenery. So looking down from the balcony where we're at, we're going to see the old lady ghost. Ah, yeah. She's seen sitting in a rocking chair in the Haunted Mansion Grand Hall near the fireplace. And as she rocks back and forth in the chair, she kind of fades in and out of sight, causing the chair to almost look like it's rocking itself from time to time. Uh, and while she's sitting there, several party guests are going to drift past her in the hall from a hearse that's parked in front of the doorway while these like cloaked wraith like um, phantoms fly through the broken windows from the stormy night outside. Uh, the old lady is considered to be the character of Granny Ghoul. Huh. That's a catchy name. Granny Ghoul is a Peoria socialite and silent movie vamp who appeared in promotions for the attraction on the radio. And she was voiced by the one and only Paul Freeze. Ah, yes. You want it? Paul Freeze did. Yes. And so, Kirk, if you don't mind, can you play a clip of what Granny Ghoul sounds like? Hovering at my side is Granny Ghoul, former Peoria socialite and silent movie vamp. Hi there, big boy. Granny, you look absolutely <laughs> inhuman. Thank you. This is my latest creation, a see-through bell-bottom bedsheet with big <laughs> holes where my eyes used to be. Stunning. But tell me, Granny, is it true that this mansion is haunted by 999 ghosts? That's right, you great devil. But there's always room for one more, especially if he's as spirited as you seem to be. Well, thanks, Granny, but I'm a human. Well, no one's perfect. 
You can visit any time. We're very friendly here. I wanted to ask you about that, Granny. What do you think of letting real people into Disneyland's Haunted Mansion? Well, they are kind of fun to watch, but all that yelling and screaming is spooky. Why, you'd think they'd never seen a ghost before. It's like a white Medea. <laughs> oh, no. She's pretty sexed up, that granny, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you won't be a ghost. You won't be my man. You pick one. <laughs> no, so, mercy. Oh, you're so, so strapping. There you go. So there's another one with a name, Granny Ghoul. Next, up on the chandelier, we're going to see one of the Haunted Mansion's most famous and, and quickest named ghosts because he was listed... Uh, as they were building the mansion, was listed in like even the blueprints as Pickwick. So the guy oh, that you see, Pickwick, Pickwick, the guy that you see hanging from a cane on the chandelier, his name is Pickwick. Y'all know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking like at some blank. No. 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 no, 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 no I'm not spinning, guys. No, he's kind of teetering. He's yeah. leaning off of the mm-hmm. the chandelier, and the only thing that's, that's holding him up is his cane. Okay. And. He's sitting next to uh, a couple that appears to be like a soldier and then like an ancient Egyptian woman, which Mm -hmm. has left some to speculate that that is none other than Mark Antony and Cleopatra. Oh, yes. Now, I've heard other people say, nope, that's not a a Roman soldier. That's in that's like a medieval soldier or something. I'm just saying what some are speculating. That is Mark Anthony and Cleopatra. So J-Lo, Mark (coughs) Anthony and J-Lo. Sure. Why not? Do you still together? So, yeah, uh, yeah. So Pickwick's name um, appeared in the original Imaginary Show documentation, and it is thought that the name comes from the novel The Pickwick Papers due to his Dickensian. Uh, Dick, is that what you say? Dickensian? Yeah. Dickensian? Dickensian, his Dickensian appearance. What does that mean? Dick and her. Charles Dickens like. Dickens cider. Dickens his hands. Help me wash Gross. In the slave labor graphics comic story, The Pickwick Capers, Erasmus Cromwell Pickwick was once a mole burglar who bragged no item could be safe from his thievery. He frequently used low tunnels and passages to get away with his crimes due to his crippling acrophobia. The dude's scared of heights. He breaks into Gracie Manor one night in an attempt to find a hidden treasure, but dies in the stretching room from shock when the room becomes too deep. So the ghost, no longer afraid of heights, now enjoys his lofty perch on the ballroom chandelier. So uh, he's also identified in the Ghost Gazette, which is the uh, uh, part of that ghost post game that Disney put out as Erasmus Cromwell Pickwick. So that game was officially recognized. That name, I should say, was officially uh, recognized by Disney. The ghost at the dining table. And these, are, these are my favorites here. So the ghost at the dining table. Who knows which ghost sit at the dining table? Do you have an idea? Fancy ghost. Fancy ghost. <laughs> you got the one blowing out the candles. Right. So what's happening there is that you're having a birthday party, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So at the head of the table is a ghostly woman sitting on the far left. And uh, she can be seen blowing out a birthday cake with Go Figure. Bedelia. 13 yeah. candles. Where's yes. my cake? <laughs> <laughs> the, a 1970s standard operating procedure manual for the Disneyland attraction refers to her simply as the ghostess. Uh, mm. She's invited her friends of the spirit world to dance and play and share her birthday cake with her. And of course, every single time she goes to blow out the candles, what happens? They, they all disappear. Yep. Yeah. That's so, cool. There you go. Next to her is the hairy ghost. He kind of looks like a bit like a wolf man. He's a very, very hairy guy. He's got a big smile on his face and drinking a glass of wine. I really thought I'd find something on him, but I really wasn't able to. Kirk, you? He wasn't able to find much on him, but yeah, he's known as the hairy ghost. Beside him is the crown ghost, uh, also known as the king. Uh, he's, in the, he's seated in the center of the table uh, wearing a crown with white shaggy hair and, and like a wrinkled face. Uh, and I think he's got like a... um. I think he's got like a mustache, if, if memory serves. He's most famous for being on the promotional materials for the mansion that you see where Yell Gracie is checking the reflexes of the ghost. Yeah. Um, while he's sitting on one of the crypts. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. And he's got a crown and said, that's uh, that's the uh, the king. And then from there, <laughs> probably this will be Eli's favorite ghost. So you have the passed out ghost. 
That's your boy under the table, right? That's your boy under the table. All you can see is his legs. He's unconscious, passed out underneath the table, and his legs are sticking out, and nearby is a bottle of wine. Now that, that, yeah. That's a champ. That's, that's, that's a champ. Yeah. That's, it. that's and that, it. And he's the only ghost, by the way, that's kind of facing us. Instead of everyone at the LSAT table is sitting opposite us. He's the only one on our side as we're going across the balcony, I should say. I respect this guy because even though he's deceased, he still needs a nap. I like that. He will be drunk. Yeah, but I like that. He's like, you know, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to sleep beyond that. Now, one theory identifies the ghost as being that of Bradford Clemente. Clemente. Yeah. <laughs> Clemente. Right, clear that up. What's his name? Wow. Is the ghost of penicillin? What? Clementine? <laughs> I, need, I need to pronounce things. <laughs> Clemente? Clemente. Clemente. Jose Clemente. Yes. Jose Clemente. Famous uh, <laughs> World Series. He's in a family Baseball. plot at the Honda Mansion in Disneyland, written in Spanish, and it's like a like a carving like a of a bushel of grapes in there and this tombstone translated because it's in Spanish so if you translate it, it roughly means here rest Bradford Clemente he drank too much from the fountain presumably Bradford was a Spanish man who died like from alcohol poisoning or something Dang, like that. Mm, dog that man um, out lovely story but there's also another one that is uh, <laughs> the other guy that passed out under the table and there's also another theory about the past that ghost that the ghost is none other than cousin Victor from the same Disneyland family plot with Victor's fate having been that he brewed a bad batch of elixir. Mm. So there you go. Uh, opposite side of the table now again next to the crown ghost we're going to f- get small thing. Is that what it's called really? Small thing is what they call it. <laughs> Some people say simply thing, but others call them small thing. It's a name given in the blueprints to one of the ghosts at the dining table seated in between the crown ghosts and the ghost that Kirk was alluding to a little bit earlier. He has a messy hair and a beak nose and he's appears crouching beneath the table kind of eerily. He's like just poking his head out. He looks like he's scared. Yeah. And so he's kind of just poking his head out ever so slightly. So that's small thing. And next a <laughs> small thing is Great Caesar's ghost. Great Caesar's ghost. Which, of course, as yes. Kirk would say, is a, is a Superman reference because uh, that was a line used. Uh, actually, I mean, it's, that's what Perry White says. Right. But I mean, actually, it's really from Julius. That would do this uh, Shakespeare. Caesar? Yeah. Uh, oh, great. Caesar's ghost. Well, right. Well, Brutus starts to see Caesar's ghost. And so that's, you know, yeah. really kind of the whole uh, idea behind where that saying comes from. William but Shakespeare. Shakespearean. The, it was in the concept art and everything. It's it, obviously it's a visual gag. Great Caesar's ghost. You're going to see a couple of these in the mansion where it was just kind of a pun that they turned into a show scene. Yeah, yeah. They, I see him eating a Caesar salad, too. So that's <laughs> very fitting. <laughs> he does have on his toga. He does have it on his little. Uh, what do you call those things around your head? A little uh, wreath. Or whatever Caesar, Caesar. Yeah. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> You know, the little wreath or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah mistletoe. Yeah, yeah. When you win the Olympics. He was actually uh, <laughs> first mentioned by Ken Anderson as one of the various historical and famous ghosts that he wanted uh, to have in the mansion. And, and actually one of the few characters that Mark Davis retained when he took over the project. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Next up, we get the duelists. Okay. Oh, I know these yeah, guys. they're now, trippy. Everybody knows these guys. Those guys so. are awesome. Uh, these ghosts emerge from a pair of portraits hanging on the left side of the ballroom wall, where, of course, they turn around and shoot one another and disappear. Uh, in the Liberty Square Haunted Mansion family plot, there is a tombstone for Mr. Sewell, as we discussed earlier, who died in a duel. And a lot of people's like, OK, well, one of those guys must be Mr. Sewell. Uh, no, <laughs> Mr. Sewell is a reference to one of the Imagineers, obviously. Now, it doesn't stop you from being able to name a character after an Imagineer. But Disney in the Grim Gazette, as part of the Ghost Post storyline, actually identified them by name. They are none other than Paul and Edward Flint. So these two men were brothers. brothers. Yeah. A little squabble. Yeah. So uh, can't enable action. Yeah, they're from Michigan. Apparently their duel was some result of a heated sibling rivalry. So Paul and Edward Flint shot one another. Leon is mine. No, she's mine. And it was kind of I want the head. No, I want the body. (laughs) It was kind of funny. Tastes great. Less filling. (laughs) Tastes great. Less filling. And Michael Jackson popped in. No, the girl is mine. What? (laughs) So it's kind of funny in the uh, Ghost Gazette because one does like a pro piece for something and like it's like an opinion piece and one does one angle and the other does. So they're still fighting even in print. Uh, Next, you have the Waltzing Dead. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're always trippy too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, those are the ballroom dancers. They're referred to as the Waltzing Dead primarily from the parade. That's when I first heard the term the Waltzing Dead. Um, Twelve ghosts that appear in the Grand Hall that are paired up into six couples apiece. Each one, man and woman, as they dance in circles to the music being played by the organist. Um, in the Haunted Mansion movie, uh, the ballroom ghosts are shown to be the souls of the men and women who attended the party at which Master Gracie uh, Bride died at. So that was the idea behind that is that they were guests of the party who were all murdered and had to spend the rest of eternity Damn. dancing the night away. That'd be pissed to give that group a gift, man. Uh, famously, although the animatronics move in the proper direction, you've probably all heard this, the reflection just seen in the rider backwards, so the women are leading the, leading men. the men. Man, yeah. Yes. Next up, is there anybody I'm missing here, Kirk, besides... In the ballroom? Yeah, I'm about ready to go into There's the organist. Um, yeah, There's the guy sitting on the mantle. Who's talking yeah, about, the guy who's sitting on the mantle. He's by the bust. Um, I I never found anything on him as far as a name or anything like that. I was just going to mention that he was sitting there. Then he's and hugging the bust as uh, Aunt Lucretia again. Mm-hmm. Oh, he must have loved Aunt Lucretia. Uh, then we have the organist who is dressed in a cape and top hat. The this ghostly organist obviously is playing grim grinning ghost uh, as a macabre waltz on the uh, Grand Hall's pipe organ, which if you're in Disneyland is the exact same pipe organ that Captain Nemo plays in Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Uh huh. Tiny wisp-like spirits emerge from the organ's pipe as the organist plays. Now, in the Liberty Square Mansion, there's a crypt made to look like the pipe organ as we discussed before, and that's where you get the name Ravenscroft as the name of that organ. Mm. The name of the organist himself, though, has since been confirmed in both Disney merchandise and media as heir Victor Geist. Victor Geist. Victor Geist. He's one of the major characters of the Ghost Post interactive game. He's huge in that game. He's all over it. Him and Sally Slater, their cohorts. And there's even some uh, references that they might have been or they might be romantically uh, interested, shall we say. Uh, so yeah he's one of the characters from that and he's speaking with a, uh, a German accent in the Phantom Radio and additionally the 2019 host of Ghost Merchandise also identifies the organist as Victor Geist uh-huh. so as for the Banshees emanating from the organ the cancelled 8th issue of the Slave Labor Graphics Comics we're going to explain that those were a choir of obnoxious children that the organist lured to their death to have a children choir to compose for oh so that was what was going to happen. That eighth cancel issue, they were going to kill children. Thank you. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Wonder why it was canceled. Yeah, I can't imagine. So next, we're going to enter into the attic. And this is where we're going to start to meet the portraits of the bride's husband. Those are the five men posed beside their bride who uh, haunt their own wedding portraits by having their heads periodically disappear. Makes me cringe every time I see it. Foretelling their fate. Their names are... One by one, we'll go through them. Ambrose Harper, the son of wealthy farmers from Secret County, California. He married Constance Hatchaway in 1869, but was decapitated shortly thereafter, becoming her first known husband turned victim, where Constance inherited his wealth. Then there's Frank Banks. No telling if he's related to, related to Mr. Mr. Banks. Banks. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, respected Eastern banker and pillar of the community in the hometown of Bulford's Isle, California. He married Constance in 1872, and Constance beheaded him on their wedding night. So he didn't really get much time to enjoy it. And of course, she inherited his wealth, and she moved on to the next husband, the Damn. Marquis de Doom. Talk about giving some head. <laughs> <laughs> Heyo. Heyo. The Marquis was a foreign diplomat from <laughs> Peking, China, before he met Constance Hatchway and married her on February 13th, 1874, and was beheaded the very next day, becoming her third victim. On Valentine's, no doubt. Wow. I know. Wasn't that messed up? That's, That's a cold broad. Valentine's is death day. Uh, Reginald Kane, a celebrated railroad baron, gambler, and world-renowned gourmand. He became the fourth husband of Mary Constance Hatchway in 1875 and was also decapitated. So she's gone at like... Once a year, once every two year pace at this point. Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> and finally, we get to George Hightower, who's the man's tombstone that we see the Black Widow Bride sitting on in the stretching portraits. George Hightower, a wealthy man from Newport Beach, California. He came into ownership of the mansion before he married Constance in 1877 and then became her fifth victim he's portrayed by imaginary rick rothschild uh and he's possibly uh, people speculate on this one i think it's a good speculation he's possibly a relative of the wealthy hotel owner slash explorer harrison hightower the third from tokyo's tower of terror mm, okay. and also secret society of secret uh, explorers and uh, adventurers 
Uh, and then lastly, of course, we get Conscience Hatchaway, the bride herself. Uh, she wasn't always this way. <laughs> what turned her to such a cool matriarch? Marijuana. She used to be like just like <laughs> the CBD oil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got a bad batch of CBD oil. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's arguably the most villainous presence in the mansion. I mean, she's really the only evil ghost that you encounter. She's got a weapon every time. Yeah. Um, so obviously she obtained her wealth by marrying and killing bankers, businessmen, farmers, and barons. Um, oh, I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'm good too. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing about musicians on this list. Kev. Good for yeah, you. Good, or yeah. podcasters. Good. Um, <laughs> although I got murdered by a podcast. <laughs> I got murdered by that bride. <laughs> wow. Uh, side story. Um, <laughs> after murdering Hightower, Constance decided that she was satisfied with the wealth she had accumulated and settled down into her newly inherited mansion and died later on of uh, unknown causes, uh, though most speculate old age based upon the portrait. Uh, part of Constance's origins originate from the Mark Davis design stretching and portrait of the old woman, as we talked about before with the eyes. Uh, her performance uh, model is Julia Lee, who does the face of Constance. But as we talked about before, they use somebody else for the voice. And her name is Voldemort. <laughs> I was going to see if you're just going to go ahead and stick it out. <laughs> Voldemort. She should not be named. <laughs> I saw you grit your teeth right when you <laughs> got to that part. Well, one of y'all can say it. Huh? <laughs> I don't need to do everything on this show, do I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Cat Cressida. Yes, Cat Cressida, who we follow on Facebook for some reason. Anyway, the Hatbox Ghost. Hashtag, 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 hashtag. The Hatbox Ghost is also to be seen. Now, this is uh, only in Disneyland's uh, attic, obviously, unfortunately, terribly. Uh, he is a legend amongst the 999 ghosts of the, ha- uh, the Haunted Mansion, mainly because he was the ghost that no one ever knew really existed or not. Who's so this? the Hatbox Ghost. Oh, the Hatbox. Ah. The Hatbox Ghost. Yes. He's a cloaked figure with the evil grinning face, walking stick, holds a hatbox in his hand, head disappears, reappears in the, in the hatbox. And yeah, he was the lost ghost of the attraction. And no one knew for sure because he disappeared shortly before opening or right after opening. It's kind of wishy-washy and then finally in 2015 the character was reintroduced and we all have gotten to see him and he just looks like he belongs there uh while not appearing in disney world's haunted mansion his face can be seen in the family portraits in the corridor of doors and also there are hat boxes in the attic as as kind of a a tribute Hmm. to him so who knows hopefully one day he'll take up space there because it's really it's an it's an easy effect to pull off i would think yeah especially Um, nowadays yeah absolutely so hat box ghost is his name by the way i mean disney's calls him the hat box ghost that's what he is i mean sometimes sometimes uh, you know you don't need edward smith you you know hat box Ghost just works just well. It's very. Catchy. It's a quick view. Yes. Once yeah. Past the attic. So. However, unless you get stopped in the slave labor graphic <laughs> comics, the Hatbox Ghost is the spirit of Randall Pace, a gun runner decapitated by William Gracie during a mutiny. He is one of the spirits summoned by Madame Leota to torment Emily Declare on the day of her wedding to Gracie, and seems to lead the ghost of Gracie's murder crew and frighten her to death, which leads to Gracie hanging himself. That's a comic book origin right yes. there. Yeah. And Start it, with a gun runner. <laughs> incidentally, his face is the same sculpt as Ezra, one of the uh, hitchhiking ghosts, the, the skeleton oh, ghosts. Nice. And he would hide the, all the guns inside boxes of paste bacani sauce. <laughs> 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 Uh, so now we fall backwards out of the attic window and descend into the graveyard. And first up at the gates, we meet the caretaker. Also semi-officially known as Silas Crump or Clyde, although Silas Crump is going to be what we... Is so he a ghost? He is not a ghost. Ah. Silas Crump. Why do we call him Silas Crump, Kirk? Uh, be Rolly Crump? That is exactly correct. If you look, uh, and I don't know if they're still there or not, but in Liberty Square, there was a crate addressed to Silas Crump, caretaker, Gracie Manor, Hudson River Valley, province of New York. Not only a clear reference to Rolly Crump, a clear attempt at naming the caretaker of the mansion. The Clyde version of him, I believe, comes from the... um, Phil Stiller, uh, the segment of the Mouse Factory. And sp- there's a Spooks and Magic uh, titled uh, episode of, of the Mouse Factory from 72. And Phil Stiller walks in and she sees the animatronica and the he kind of, and he's like, watch the gates, Clyde, is what she says. So I, 
obviously it's not i don't think his name was ever intended to be clyde it's probably just a line that phyllis ad-libbed or something like that another version of the name of the, again we're going to go with silas crump because it actually appeared in the parks so that to me is about as official as it gets but in the slave labor graphic comics he's known as horace fusselbutt horace Fusselbottom. Oh, I was going to say Fusselbutt. I was about ready to say Fusselbutt. And then I'm like, well, Fusselbutt. Fuss your butt. Let me rephrase that. It's not Fusselbutt. I'm give this man some dignity. It's Fusselbottom. Fusselbottom. Big difference. Fussel ass. <laughs> Fusselbutt. It's better than Fussel booty. That's true. At least he's got both cheeks in there. Working. Fussel rump. Fussel rump is a good one. Working as a groundskeeper for the cemetery behind Greasy Manor, he and his dog have a cowardly streak, but Horace has a good reason for staying. Him and his wife meet up nightly because she's one of the graveyard residents, and the couple reunites for tea. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's not really, where I thought it was going. It was and a good. The wife's like, "Why don't you take care and feed that dang dog?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, get to the dog. We we can get the dog. Also, real quick, uh, the caretaker also appears in the 2003 uh, video game uh, Haunted Mansion, which is one of my favorite games to play. He appears two times, although clearly. Uh, He's referenced as, as like a ghost in there, which is not what he is. The main character, Zeke Holloway, is inspired by the caretaker because he holds a lantern, got the same, same facial structure and everything. It's heavily implies he takes over as a caretaker. So that's another possible name. But again, we're going to go with Silas Crump. Uh, the caretaker's dog is referred to as Bones. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. go figure. <laughs> uh, during the few meets and greets with the, the caretaker that they had at the mansion, the care, uh, what you call the caretaker did refer to the dog as Bones. That's what he called them. Allegedly, I've never seen this, and I tried to find uh, verification of it, but the jury dog's paw prints, along with um, Silas's footprints, can be seen uh, by the emergency exit of the haunted mansion in addition to a doggy door. Oh, oh! I've never cool. been able to find it. I tried to find it online. Could I, Kirk, did you have any luck uh, with it? You said that's yeah. that's at the, It's in a um. There's a gate, an yeah. iron gate, and it's on the bottom of it. Okay, and so it's not Those at the regular stars. exit, though. You said it's the emergency exit. Is what I read. Okay, yeah, I'll let Kirk verify that because I guess I, I just again. This is a lot to look at. <laughs> so while Kirk is uh, feverishly at work over there, we're going to go behind the various tombstones where we encounter the pop-up ghosts. These are the ghosts that like scaring guests as they pass by quickly popping up in their tombstones. Uh, they were also in the attic, as we mentioned before. Uh, but once they started adding in everything else, there was just really wasn't much room for them. Also seeing the family portraits again, as we mentioned before, they're known as Leering Skull, who's the hatbox sculpt of the, okay. of the face. Winky Eye. It's like a one sky close, one eye closed kind of ghost. That's my wife's nickname for me. Winky, winky, winky eye. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Winky skull. Winky, dinky winky eye. skull. Gross. One <laughs> eye, winky eye. I got one good eye. That's wicked. And then the next one is Lee's nickname for his wife, the old hag. Oh, uh, the love of his life. Which is an old warty looking woman. And the next is a droopy eyes. Um, they stick kind of eyes. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, it's, they're just a head. There's not a whole lot to identify them by. And then there's a blast up banshee, which is one of the um, the heads that you would see uh, emanating from the organ. The blast ups are on thin wires, and blasts of air shoot them up. That's uh, that's why they're also known as like rocket skulls. I Do believe. they still shoot? rocket skull? Huh? Do they still like make noise? No, not really. I mean, it's just kind of. That's <laughs> <laughs> here. Would you like to hear some noise? Oh, you want to hear the old noises? Go ahead. That's that must boring. be the old hag. She don't sound that old to be. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> he just threw up. Yeah, it does sound like that Ferris Bueller effect. You just hit the button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So uh, in the 1969 radio advertisements for the mansion, we were introduced to Willie the Wisp, a spirit who was once an Olympic Hide and seek champion. Due to his love of hide and seek, some assume that Willie is none other than one of the pop up ghosts. Hi, ghost fans. This is your daring reporter inside the haunted mansion at Disneyland. And with me here somewhere is that former Olympic hide and seek champion, Willie the Wisp. Oh, there you are. Say, Willie, what's it like in the haunted mansion? Beautiful, man. Kind of weird, wild, and freaky. Sounds ideal, but I understand Disneyland's Haunted Mansion is now open to humans. Humans? <laughs> wow, that's scary. 
<laughs> well, there's a bit of a pump too. Yeah, yeah. you know, he's one eye. I thought he was going to be like, really, uh, it's a nice reference. Be like, hey, where's he, where is he at? Because he's the champion of hide and seek. I, I yeah, those pop up ghosts used to scare me when I was little. Yeah. In the unofficial ghost gallery storyline, three of the pop up ghosts are said to have been named Silas Grunge, Emmett Tots, and Felicia Scratch. They're said to be the three first spirits summoned by Madame Leota in her quest to open a portal to the spirit world. The only reason I mentioned that is because really there's no official names of these guys. Scratch Felicia. Uh, yeah. So here I, I'm just honoring a couple of attempts to try and name these guys. In the graveyard, we see the Phantom Five. They're also referred to as the Graveyard Jazz Combo. <laughs> oh, those guys are good. Yes. Uh, that <laughs> <laughs> You've heard them play before? Yeah, I got their album. I played with them in the singer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now. That's, that's why that building, that's why that <laughs> building <laughs> fell down. They're now. Yeah, that's right. They're now. When they were alive, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, the Graveyard Jazz Combo is actually probably their name, where the Phantom Five is kind of like a, a fan nickname. In the ghost posts, they're referred to as a Graveyard Jazz Combo. So that might be the more prep proper name. So I like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh the group of minstrels that appear in the graveyard scene in the Haunted Mansion, uh playing to a well, to you, but mostly a group of cats that are just meowing along with them. Uh you're gonna see a guy with a harp, one with a horn, one with a flute, one with a bagpipe, and one with a set of bones to pound the tempo with it on the tomb. Uh the ghostly drummer who's got the uh and you're gonna like this, Kevin, because obviously you're a drummer. Yeah. Uh the ghostly drummer's design greatly resembles a character sketch from Mark Davis, labeling him the drummer of Tedworth. Ah. A.K.A. William Drury. Do you know who that is, drummer? No. William Drury. (laughs) William Drury, who haunted his former landlord by tormenting him with the sound of his drumming after being evicted in his association with a Romani band. (laughs) After his, I should say. So, yeah. Okay. People did not like gypsies back in those days. But yeah, that's a true life character. So that would be another uh, real life individual that is in the mansion along with Jack the Ripper, Caesar, that kind of thing. Nice. Uh, behind is a hellhound that's sitting on top near the Phantom Five, which is like a skeletal wolf. Um, yes, they call him the hellhound based upon the semi-official name from the Ghost Gallery storyline, where he's said to have been Master Gracie's pet dog named the Grand Stygian Hellhound of the Hudson. Or just Hellhound. <laughs> so next, we're going to run into the Royal Playground. Here we see a ghostly king and queen acting as kids by teeter-tottering on a seesaw. Based on Mark Davis's sketch of the couple, each figure was going to be visible while they were in the air. But while they went down, the other one would disappear. So as they went up and down, yeah. they were each were supposed to disappear. I guess the old Gracie couldn't pull off the effect. And behind them, uh, swinging from a branch hole while drinking a cup of tea is the Duchess. So then our doom buggy turns and we see the singing bus. They're sometimes referred to as the Melomen, although that is in no way the real name. It's just the name of the group that Thurl Ravencroft was a singer in. They're a group of undead characters who appear in every version of the attraction except for Mystic Manor and whom act as the lead singers of the Grim Grinning Ghost song in the graveyard. From left to right, the names of the bus are Rolo Rumpkin, which a lot of people seem to think is a play on Rolly Crump. Makes he was sense. portrayed by Vern Grow. Next is Uncle Theodore. That's Thurl Ravenscroft. Theodore's is the only bus to have been broken. Now, this is because there was a video error in recording his footage. And so the footage was shot so on the one slant. Been- so, yeah, they had, okay. they had okay. to figure it out. So I always thought like he broke his neck or something. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I thought that was like part of the, maybe there was some backstory, like he hung himself or he broke his neck mm-hmm. somehow. But okay. That's awesome, though. Yeah, no, that that is awesome, and and he's also the one that most often gets confused for being Walt Disney. Oh, yeah, a lot of people think Walt Disney's in there. That's not true. Cousin Algernon, that's Chuck Schroeder. Ned Nub, that's Jay Meyer, and Phineas P. Pock, who we discussed earlier, that's Bob E. Bright. Now, interestingly enough, all these ghosts do have tombstones in the haunted mansion, except for Kirk. Okay, give me. I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. Uncle Theodore. Uncle Theodore is the only one that does not have a tombstone in the mansion. Alvin. They don't have anything listed there except for just their name. That's all. So that's why we didn't really mention him before. Um, I used to think that one that you thought was Walt Disney. I thought that was like Vincent Price. I don't know why. Yeah, that was more of a Vincent Price. But no, that was Tony the Tiger. You want the Phineas Park radio spot? Sure, I played Phineas Park. Hi, ghost fans. I'm here at Disneyland's Haunted Mansion to interview a real old-timer, the late Phineas Pock. 
Yes, I waited a long time for the haunted mansion to open. <laughs> Died in 1720, you know. 1720? Wow. Yes, I'm tired of resting in peace. I want to get in there and spook everybody. Well, you'll get plenty of chances because the Disneyland Haunted Mansion is now open to humans. Oh, it must be paradise. Oh, Freeze was awesome. Yeah, he was. I like on the singing bus how they do their eyes and their yeah. smiles <laughs> and faces. Always makes me, that always amuses me. Yeah, same here. So then we're going to turn again. This time we're going to encounter the Moonlight Picnic. And this is going to be a man and woman sitting at a small table in the graveyard enjoying each other's company while holding a glass of wine and toasting one another. Uh, there's a picnic basket that sits nearby, hence the name Moonlight Picnic. Also nearby is an arm coming out of the crypt in front of the couple dangling a, a glass of, of wine. Uh, but only in Disney World. In the Disney, I mean, I'm sorry, only in Disneyland. In the Disney World version, the arm is holding a teacup. So... More PG, I guess. Went from yeah. wine party to a tea party. Go figure. A daily list of animated effects refers to them simply as man at table and woman at table. So that's oh. their official name. But we're going to go with Moonlight Picnic because it sounds so romantic. That does sound very romantic. They're having a good time. We then encounter the hearse tea party. Now, the hearse tea party is exactly that. It's a tea party surrounding a hearse that got stuck in the mud. Uh, ghosts in the graveyard are drinking tea with cups and saucers and a floating uh, pot that's pouring the tea. And um, behind the, the tea party, we see banshees riding bicycles. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say, like, who noticed that prior to me just bringing it up just now? Who, know, uh, who knew noticed that, yeah. that there were ghosts? Okay. I was yeah. wondering. You? Okay. Anybody else? No. Well, there's a lot happening. Back ghosts there. are riding bicycles back there. And actually, yeah. there's, a, there's a shout out to that in the Haunted Mansion movie where you see these three ghosts riding these bicycles, although not the exact same bicycles. And they kind of ride the bicycles off into... They leave the ground and head out over the cemetery. And one of them has E.T. in the basket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As part of the tea party, we have the coachman of the hearse who's got the top hat and the riding crop. And we got the lady sitting on top of the hearse. And we also have an old ghost sitting in the coffin who is conversing with like a medieval what looks like to be a medieval ghost sitting on a rock. Now, the old ghost sitting in the coffin is very short. He's got like a hooked nose. Um very distinct, very one of the ghosts that I identify most with the mansion. I can see him immediately and I know exactly who he is and where he goes. The other ghost that's sitting on the rock, and this is something Kirk and I were talking about beforehand. He looks to me to be wearing something medieval. Uh, Tony Baxter himself has identified this ghost as possibly being. He never verified it. He just said he believes it to be the Man. Mariner. Right. Okay. I was giving you a second to say it, but I'm sorry. I was I was looking at the picture of the, um, the ghost. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So that was the. Uh, that's a theory behind it. It doesn't look like it to me. Um. It, it doesn't seem to be labeled that on what I saw. Not but, many. Not many pictures of him looking the way he looked in that video. Online. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, costumes are kept up and things are changed all the time. Uh, the picnic basket over there, it moves periodically, they say. So, I mean, people, you know, change things around. Every picture I've seen of this scene, the, the hearse, mm-hmm. they have that teacup that's floating in the, in the air pouring tea out. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? Well, that, a teapot, right? Yeah, teapot. Yeah. yeah not teacup. Yeah. Um, so next we're going to go ahead and see an Egyptian mummy sitting up in his sarcophagus, also holding a glass of tea and singing along with the song while the ghost of an old man from around the Renaissance period struggles to hear him because he has a huge, Uh, yeah, (laughs) uh, what? And, uh, beside them is a frail ghost dog, identical to bones from the beginning of the, uh, by the gates with the caretaker, uh, who's standing aside the mummy sarcophagus, watching all this kind of apprehensively the mummy so we got a name for the mummy as well yeah king yes. tut so in both he's the- my favorite honky <laughs> <laughs> yes that is what right. song is that is <laughs> from king tut? yeah steve martin <laughs> no remember that I looked that up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that was huge at one point. Uh, in both the Ghost Post and Tales of the Haunted Mansion book series, the mummy is identified as Prince Aminos. Who is a historic prince of Egypt and son of Thutmose the first. What? Thutmose. Thutmose? T-H-U-T-M-O-S-E. Okay. Thutmose. 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 The mummy story is also told in the slave labor graphics comics as the mummy's curse. Uh, Here, the mummy was a young prince who snuck into the temple of Anubis. 
Who remembers the Temple of Anubis? Anubis. Why is that ringing the bell? Anubis? That's the dog guy. Why is that ringing the bell? Because it's a uh, uh, how. Um, it's a dog. Guy. Great movie, right? There you go. Okay. Uh, he stuck it into the temple of Anubis and stole an artifact. The god awoke and put the curse of a thousand curses upon him and told him the only way to get rid of the curses was to pass them on to others. This continued after his death when his sarcophagus was taken to America with the mummy believing that he was partially responsible for the misfortunes of the Gracies. And who he's talking to is said to be none other than Father Time. Standing next to the mummy holding an ear horn is Father Time. Uh, it's a semi <laughs> yes. It's a semi-official name originating from cast member stories about an individual listed on one of the pun crypts as I Am Ready, who dressed as the folkloric figure of Father Time in a Halloween co- costume party, and that's where he died in the mansion. They used to dress as Morris Day in the time. <laughs> a little bit better form. <laughs> So after we pass by Father Time, the doom buggies turn and passes a crypt with a shrouded wraith inside before encountering a group of singing ghosts, a decapitated knight, a max, a masked executioner, a prisoner, and a bricklayer. So going through them one by one here. So first we have the opera singers, also known as the phantoms of the opera. Another mm-hmm. time where the uh, the the visual is is part it's part of a a, a gag. Uh, they're the ghostly opera singers who are voiced and performed by Luli, Gene Norman, who's a soprano, and Bill Reeve, who is a tenor. Now, the female opera singer actually gets a name in the slave labor graphic comics. The female she opera the, singer. She has the horns on her head. She has the horns. She's on her head. the thick oh. one. Yeah. yeah. She has the high notes. Yeah. She is named Baroness Elda. She's a bit of a diva. And after a while, people kind of got tired of working with her because she had a bit of a bit of an attitude. Hashtag. Uh, so she gets fired from a lot of things until she receives an invite to sing at the mansion. So she shows up and she's a little bit perturbed, but Master Gracie uh, convinces her to go ahead and sing on. Now she begins singing. Suddenly ghosts start appearing and it frightens her and she runs out in the balcony, falls over the railing and her ponytail gets caught up on the railing and she snaps her own neck. They really got something about hanging. Yeah. So she died and uh, but her spirit continued on. She sings nightly for the residents of the mansion. I can see where she could hit that problem because she's kind of <laughs> healthy. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, the female opera singer is also sometimes referred to as Harriet based on the tombstone we discussed earlier. But it was like our first lady of the opera, uh, our haunting Harriet. That was the Harriet Burns one. So that uh, also has been linked to her name. Not only is there a visual gag with the family opera thing, like we discussed earlier, but based upon their proximity to the beheaded knight, there seems to be also be a visual gag uh, as to a knight at the opera. Hmm. Clever. So, yeah. So. Wordplay. The beheaded knight. Let's get to him. He's holding his head in his hand uh, while standing next to his uh, executioner. <laughs> How appropriate. Yes. He sings in a German accent, su- suggesting he's a German knight. Uh, in the slave labor graphic comics, his name is given as simply Fred. And he is shown to have a crush on Madame Leo. Fred's dead, baby. Fred's Fred's dead. Fred, yeah, Fred or Frederick. <laughs> something like that. No, just Fred. Just Fred. But again, don't read too much into it because in the uh, same uh, book, he also refers to the opera singer as Hilda. So continuity really isn't a thing. What up, so, Hilda? What up, yeah. girl? Also, in the Build Your Own Mansion activity book, released in conjunction with that 2003 film, the knight was indeed named and he was called Galahad. So Gala had an appointment. (laughs) (laughs) That one's more subjective. Pick whichever one you want. Galahad, Fred, whatever you want. I'd rather Galahad than Fred. Yeah, that's more interesting. Yeah. So going to the executioner now. Now, the executioner stands between the prisoner and the beheaded knight. And really not much is known about the executioner except for him chopping off the knight's head. That's all you need to know. Right. But, you know, this is one of the occasions where I saw I found the ghost gallery storyline to be a little bit interesting. Uh, So here, the executioner was said to be a man named Rocco Jones. Rocco! Rocco is one of four children named Named Giovanni Jones, who's the knight, as well as Carmen Antonio Jones, the opera singers. So they're four children who are all raised as a family of professional opera performers until the death of their parents. The siblings were hired to perform regularly at the Haunted Mansion for the Gracie family. And during one performance, Gus Gracie, the prisoner, 
Gus. Uh, activated a trap door beneath Rocco's feet as he prepared to mime executing his brother Giovanni while playing an executioner. He accidentally decapitates his brother and was then murdered by Gus along with the other siblings who perished when Gus ignited a gas tank fire, which caused the entire stage to set aflame. Oh, Damn. my gosh. So That's... Gus is a real psycho in this. <laughs> that little prisoner guy with the ball like the itty bitty little Lee lookalike is a psychopath who <laughs> burns up and chops off. gotta the- watch those little guys yeah, yeah. Gus huh yeah. Gus that's a fire that's, that's, that's why he carries around that big ball no no man that's, that's nuts as uh, he's chained all of his sins compensating so Damn. next to him of course is Gus and um, he's one of the hitchhiking ghosts in the next scene so we'll address him further when we get down the road uh, however I will say that in the deleted uh, Blood Mirror uh, manuscript which was a backstory of a mansion that was uh, being done earlier and they never used it. It introduces the next ghost who we're going to see, which is the bricklayer. Part of the backstory of the mansion was that there was a construction worker that was actually walled up by W.E.W. employees <laughs> into the mansion while Disney was renovating it. So that was the story behind why he said, again, he's the guy whose arm is sticking out of the mansion and he is trawling the bricks onto and he's kind of walling himself in there. Yeah. So that was part of the backstory there and that's that little subplot there was meant to address the bricklayer. Moving past the bricklayer, we're going to enter into the Hall of Mirrors. And this is where the Doom Buggies pass. Three ghosts thumbing for a ride. We all know them. They're the hitchhiking ghosts. And so one by one, let's go through them. First one is travel is the traveler who is known now as uh, Phineas. Phineas is the, the plump guy. He's holding the bag. He's got a top hat on, I believe. Uh, originally created by cast members as a name for the traveling hitchhiking ghost, the name Phineas has been adopted by Disney in the comics, the merchandise, and other media. He's now officially known as Professor Phineas Plump. Oh, he graduated. So he got. He was in school. He he, you know, went to Savannah online. I there it is. So Professor Phineas Plump was a snake oil salesman who crossed over to the mansion after a recipe glitch. Uh, if you look at um, the slave labor gla- graphics, he's also referred to as Phineas Q. Hackenbush. And he's also here. This is the first time he is betrayed, portrayed as a snake oil salesman. But he meets his end not by his own hand, but after being chased around by a group of unhappy, <laughs> unhappy customers. So next up, we have the skeleton, Ezra. Officially, Ezra. Ezra Bean. He started off as Ezra as being named by the cast members, and Disney made it official like they did with uh, with Phineas. Um, but according to Slave Labor Graphics, his name was Ezra Gasser. That's what they're going by. We already know it's wrong because his official name is Ezra Bean. We see it on a ghost host jars. We see it on the video games. Uh, in life, Ezra was a mischievous prankster who started Gasser Novelties, a successful business selling practical joke novelties that ran from 1907 to 1924. Well, beans will give you gas. So. Yeah, they do. Yeah. That wasn't better for Ezra. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the musical fruit. <laughs> with sales in a decline, Ezra traveled to seek out new product ideas and eventually came across Chinese finger traps in a mysterious little shop. Do I hate those things. Yes. Yeah. As he found himself unable to free himself, <laughs> the shopkeeper disappeared. Ezra laughed himself to death. His spirit eventually found his way to the mansion where his practical jokes earned the scorn of other residents, leading him to take up hitchhiking. So, Ezra, also, he what? got a tombstone on the uh, mansion as well as Phineas and as well as Gus. You see them all up there. It just says Ezra, Phineas, and Gus. So, mm-hmm. just FYI on that. The prisoner, Gus. All right, let's talk about that psychotic. Uh, actually, in accordance to Disney, he's not that bad of a guy. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, you know. So, you're right. Killed a few people, you know. Yeah. That post, it looks like Captain yeah. Caveman. <laughs> Uh, Disney officially recognized the name Gus for the president, like others. Uh, and um, Gus is the only one um, that didn't get a last name. For some reason, Disney did not want to give D- uh, Gus a, a last name. He want the He's police still- chasing him. Gus, Gus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Gus, Gus. <laughs> Gus Jr., Gus. Now, in the slave labor graphics, Gus was a sleepy shepherd that became frustrated with the noise of his sheep. Poor guy just couldn't go to sleep. So after throwing a fit and escaping a ram, he tumbled into a wedding, knocking over the wealthy groom and was arrested, gaining his infamous ball and chain that you see. Mm-hmm. While trying to rest in prison, he was interrupted by the sounds of cannon fire as the prison fortress came under assault by a crew of deadly pirates. He was able to escape and use a cannon to launch himself onto a pirate dinghy. 
However, while rowing towards a desert island, the ball fell overboard, causing him to drown. His spirit soon found his way to the mansion where he hoped to uh, rest in peace. But the constant noise of all the celebrations and partying led him to take up hitchhiking for a quieter territory. So that was Gus's uh, backstory in accordance to slave labor. I graphics. can kind of relate, man. Sometimes you just like try and want to take a nap. And I was going to say that's out of there. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like you like me. Yeah. It's too much noise. Too yeah. much stimulus. Got to take that nap. Who's the last ghost in the haunted mansion we meet? Leota, little Leota? Little Leota. But they're the same as Madam? No. No, different. No. Little Leota, uh, she's, a, a, she's also referred to as a, a, a ghostess as well. She's very small. She's about the size of a doll. And she wears a, a white satin dress with like a long, transparent veil. So she kind of looks a little bit like the bride. And she's even ho- holding like a bouquet of like dead flowers. Now, in the original 1969 blueprint, she was identified simply as the talking girl. And, and also in subsequent ones, she was identified as small female figure with blowing clothes. <laughs> very, <laughs> very detailed stuff here. While the maintenance checklist also refers to as something different, she's called Small Girl. Uh, no Small World jokes, really? I was, <laughs> thought that would set that up for y'all. It's a small girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, this is the one instance in where the voice and the face were both provided by Leota Tombs, which hey. earned her the semi-official name of Lidl Leota. But she was not meant to be Madam Leota. Not at all. Just Ray Leota. Yeah, okay. It could be that too, I guess. <laughs> Ray Ray Leota. Ray Ray Leota. Uh, according to Mark Davis, Little Leota's character was in part inspired by a funeral hostess character from the 1965 dark comedy film The Loved One. Uh, the way that Little Leota talks is inspired by this character and I actually went back and and listened to it and it's dead on Uh, so there's no question about it in her line if you decide to join us was inspired by the funeral hostess's line we hope that one day he might decide he may decide to join us now as we exit the mausoleum we're going to encounter a series of crypts outside and the names of the occupants are all puns so let's go through them all shall we we shall in Disney World we have Asher to Ashes nah (laughs) Claire Voyance (laughs) Dustin T. Dust. Mm. Hale and Hardy. Hale and Hardy. Hale and Hardy. Not really, uh, not really with that one. Yeah. Hap A. Rishan. Hap A. Rishan. Apparition. There you go. Okay. All right. They trick you with these words. I am a spook. That's cold. Are mm-hmm. you? Uh, You're a spy? And my sister, I be the spook. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, saying. no, I meant to say I am ready. Oh. Mm-hmm. Or I Trudy do. Or love you, Trudy. Meta Physiques. Paul Turgeist. Oh, Ray God. Incarnation. Rusty Gates. You are gone. <laughs> B A Witch. See you later. G I miss you. Hal Hallucination. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. I am mortal. I truly departed. Levi Tation. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yes. Manny Festation. Manny Fresh. MT Tomb. Rust in Peace. Theo Later. <laughs> and Wee G Board. Ah, <laughs> uh, I like that one. Wow. Wow. Oh man, and they have other ones over at Disneyland, but they're pretty much the exact same ones. So. Also, I see UP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they wanted to get that one. Ho on knee. What? Ho on knee. It's a Chinese ghost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's the first one of his kind. Lee's opinions do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Magic Away <laughs> podcast. They <laughs> come out with it. They're going to come out with it. All right. Oh, man. Some so, young guy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's everything that I've got with regard to those ghosts. Now, Kirk is going to cover a couple of things that I did not cover. Do, what do you want to talk about there, Kirk? There's a next crypt with Bluebeard mm-hmm. and his, um, his loving wives. Really? Yes. I never I, noticed this. Right past the crypts that Danny was just speaking of, mm-hmm. all the catchy puns. Yep. There's one big one for Bluebeard, who died in 1440. It says, here lieth his loving wives. Penelope, 1434. Abigail, 1435. Anastasia, 1436. Prudence, in 1437. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phoebe, in 1438. <laughs> Eugenia, Eugenia, in 1439. Mm-hmm. And Lucretia, she doesn't have a date of her death. 
Is that because she's in the mansion? Yeah, and Lucretia. And after the, the their names, they have has a phrase. It says, seven winsome wives, some fat, some thin. Six of them were f- faithful, but the seventh did him in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming she was a black widow bride herself. I don't know. Bluebeard kind of did away with a few wives. <laughs> I was saying. But uh, yeah, that's a great tune. I do like that one. Yeah, I remember that tune. That's kind of cool. All right. Ni- nice hidden thing that, yeah. I, that I discovered. What's that? A couple of years ago. And yeah, now you it's, and, now you it's and like, only you. Now it's like <laughs> common knowledge. Everybody knows it. The ring? I thought I was special. Not the ring. I thought I was special. You are special, Kurt. Yeah, but not special in the way I want to be. Aww. But thank you for saying that, though. Keep I appreciate that. You How do you want to be special? Hey, you want to be a dancer? Hey, I was brought to Disneyland with you guys. I'm, I am special. You're too legit oh. to quit. I, <laughs> as you as you in, exit the Haunted Mansion, you'll pass a door on your right. It says Servants' Quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is actually a exit a, a hallway a chicken exit the other one, ne- uh, one next uh, to it is oh, Handy, oh okay so it could possibly handicap exit you know it yeah. depends on your situation your situation although most people you know even i would think handicap i mean like if you're claustrophobic maybe like the, the the room maybe not be for you when we were younger we did it with lily because as a baby that was the one part of the mansion that would freak her out was when the that kind of thing so we went into this room as well and saw it and i have pictures somewhere but they're all over the place so it doesn't really matter you can look it up but go ahead and it's tell a hallway you can use to buy use to bypass the um Portraits, uh, stretching, the, the stretching room yeah. to go straight to the exit um, oh, yeah. to get back on. And inside here is a. Oh, okay. On the wall, there is a section. There's a selection of keys. Huh. These keys all match rooms in the haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. You got the stretching room, endless hallway, conservatory, the foyer, the grand hall, the corridor of doors, picture gallery, seance circle, the attic, the music room, the library, and the grand stairs. Next to that. There's another um, display on the wall. This has a, a series of bells. Each bell has a name of the room that it belongs to. And these are not located in the, you won't pass through them in the, in the mansion. They are, I guess, supposed to be hidden rooms mm-hmm. only for a special person. And these names all have something to do, like the, like the tombstones, all have something to do with the mansion itself, with Imagineers. You have a bell for Ambassador Xavier's Lounging Lodge, <laughs> Madame Leota's Boudoir, Grandfather McKim's Resting Room, Uncle Davis's Sleeping Salon, Master Grace's Bedchamber, Colonel Coates, and then you have to help me with that one because I can't, I can't pronounce that word. Bivouac Birth? Bivouac. Bivouac. Okay. Yeah. Professor Waithel's Reposing Lounge. Mm-hmm. And next to that, further down, further up the hallway, there's a piece on the wall, and I've been told and I've heard that's a piece from the original Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. Oh. It's like a piece of, um, like, a, like a masonry of stonework. Mm-hmm. It's, um, they got it up on the wall. It's got a little shelf below it. And further up, when you first um, enter that room, there's a guest book that you can actually sign to say you were there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And now... My last part, and my one of my favorites is the Pet Cemetery. Okay, that was a creepy oh, I like movie. The Pet Cemetery, because yes. that's where uh, Mister Toad is. Yes, God <laughs> rest his soul. It's kind of a mirror of the one that's in Disneyland. In fact, that's the Pet Cemetery because the tombstones are all different. We only have one. Disneyland has two. They have the ones behind the behind the Haunted Mansion to the mm-hmm. right. Anyway, as I was, as you exit the mansion, you go past you past that um the hearse. It's on your left hand side on the hill. Of course, as Kevin said, you have Mr. Toad, um, honor of Mr. Toad's wild ride, which is no longer there. So he's dead. So his little statue is in the, in the, um, is in the pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. It was up to the left, on, way on the left corner, but I think it's moved now since that tree, that storm passed a few years ago. Mm. Yeah, the tree yeah. fell, so I think he's been moved. And he has an epithet on his tombstone. It says, here lies Toad. It's sad but true. Not nearly as marketable. As Winnie the Pooh. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. That it actually says that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> and you have a tombstone for Waddle the Duck. He was he died in 1928. Little Waddle saw the truck, but Little Waddle didn't duck. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. And you actually have two dogs. The first one's Rover. He was died in 1898. Every dog has his day. Too bad today was your last. Mm. The next one is for Maisie the Poodle. Died in 1923. So prim and proper and never lazy. All you do now is push up daisies. Oh, oh <laughs> bro. bro. <laughs> Damn. 
<laughs> man, they're, they're uh, savage over that's here. That's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. The next yeah, two do not don't have any epithets, just a name and what type of animal it was. It was Jed. He's a cockatoo. Uh, died in 1882. The next one actually doesn't have a name on it. It's just a monkey. He was born in 1870. He died in 1871. Last one, and not my favorite because I hate these type of animals, Eric the Snake. Died in 1882. Mm. Met his fate at the hands of a garden rake. (laughs) (laughs) Rhyming and simple. Nice. Mm. Where did they have Bill Cosby's bust um, buried at? (laughs) 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 It's under the picture pages column. Yes, (laughs) indeed. So uh, hopefully that gives y'all a good idea of all the different ghosts in the Haunted Mansion. Awesome. Yeah. We gave you a little education and uh, hopefully now you can, next time you go into that ride, you're able to spot these ghosts and uh, uh, give them names and say hello even. Or get, maybe gives you somebody to look for. Maybe you're like, oh my God, I never knew. Yeah. yeah look for those biking uh, banshees. or Right. There was a ghost on bikes or there were ghosts on seesaws yes. or there were, you know, a guy or the know, walling himself. wife on the chandelier. Sure. Yeah. That thing. And as far as that, uh, that, that hallway in the service quarters. Yeah. If you find you a nice cast member on that end, I can let you in. They usually do it. Oh, really? I've never been refused to go in. Oh, I, we, need, we, we need to go with you then. I've never been in there. That'd be kind of cool to check out. Yeah, I've been in there. Yeah. It's, right. a, it's a cool little area. It, I, I really kind of felt like, oh, my God, I'm backstage. And then it dawned on me like, wait, everybody goes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, said, I thought I was, wow, look, it'll be backstage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay, no, no. Other people do it too. Yep. Yeah. Got YouTube videos on and mm-hmm. that's cool. No, that's cool. That's well, so special. Guys, we hope you enjoyed that discussion on the Haunted Mansion Ghosts. And hopefully after listening to this show, uh, you're a little more educated on that. And next time we ask for ask that question, you can skillfully name one of the Haunted Mansion Ghosts. Ladies and gentlemen, your Haunted Mansion go- Ghost course is over. After this, we'll be giving you a quiz, so be sure to be ready for that and study. <laughs> uh, if you want to learn more about us, magicourway.com is where you go. There you'll find our past episodes, media links, and more. You can get in touch with us to share your mind through the following ways. You can shoot us an email at show at magicourway.com. You can leave a voicemail via our SpeakPub widget on our homepage, and you can call or text us at 1-815-MO-WEEKEND. That is 1-815-MO-WEEKEND-669-4226. And of course, we got a couple guys who do things outside of the podcast. First of all, we've got Eli does things with things. I draw stuff. You draw stuff. But not again. And it, it, they're images. It's images, and they put together, and they, they make a whole bunch of stories and origins similar to uh, what Slave Labor Graphics did. I am also an independent comic book artist. Oh, is that what you do? Yeah. Sometimes, yes. You oh, know, okay. amongst many things, is podcasting and saving, you know, saving the world and trying to dodge women from hanging me. Or stabbing me. I thought me you too. like let animals out of cages and stuff. I used to do that <laughs> a long time ago. I thought you laid pipe. Uh, yeah, always doing that. But uh, you know, right now the infrastructure of the city is pretty tough to fix. So you're you know, pipe, you're a pipe layer. Yeah, you know, I try to <laughs> mend the pipe when I can. You know, it's just I do a lot of different jobs. Exactly. How often do you lay pipe? <laughs> well, when I'm not laying pipe, I'm always drawing. <laughs> and you can always see that. Pinsy's always drawing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, so that's how, right. how do we buy those drawings? Yeah, how you drop, buy the drawings? Yeah, right? how we buy those drawings? <laughs> not your pipe, but how you, buy how you want to buy the pipe with the drawing? That should be like a new content. Do you ship the pipe with your drawings? Well, you know, you got to pay extra for that. Fantastic. Uh, there you go. <laughs> How you like it. Uh, you can go to ivorycomics.com and see all the artwork that I have for uh, Project Geisha. So like a, a Geisha woman that goes out there and tries to help the lovely people of Japan while trying to figure out the birth of our old parents. That's what they got to do when not laying pipe. Uh, while cutting off heads? Yes. Well, okay. you know, slight slight jabbing. You know, it's some of that. You know, this action and mystery and all oh, that you stuff. Can. Oh, that's no fire. I should do a fireball one. And it's still a character I think I'm supposed to make. What's the a pipe AJ layer. Chloe. I'm supposed to still make that at some point. So so a pipe layer and a fireball. It's a lot of work. Rage, a lot of work. Rage ball. Rage <laughs> ball. Jawbreakers. It's a lot to lot to do. Um, 
Savages is another book. That's where I let animals out of the cage and put jetpacks on them and I let them fly around the city. So, you know, life imitates <laughs> art. It's it's good stuff. It's like good you stuff. did with that Jaguar. Yeah. I told y'all not to talk about that. <laughs> I work there no more now. Can't, can't say nothing about that. Because it was the time the gorilla got out the cage. Not my fault. The statute of limitations is not up yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were you involved with the noble Harambe? Oh, no, that's in another, that's another state. But I talked to his cousin the other day. He said he wanted to get out. I said, look, I'll let you see the sun. That's the most I can do. But that's a story for another day. But you watch Savages, then, you know, get your little sneak peek. back. <laughs> what the hell was that? Uh, that's what I'm doing when I'm not drawing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. <laughs> that was I, the sound of him laying the pipe. <laughs> oh, good Lord. That's what I'm assuming then. Okay, so let me move on. So, of course, there's always a link to this podcast. You never know what manage you're going to get. But um, you visit back and forth. You're always going to get some good stuff. Uh, Facebook, you can find me there. Eli H. Ivory. Uh, Project Geisha has a Facebook page or so facebook.com slash Project Geisha. You can also go to Instagram. I'm found out there. EIV504. And in the Twitterverse, I can be found at Hancock10166. So just don't stab me with a knife and maybe I'll keep laying some pipe. How you like that? Like, I just made that one for you right now. How you, you with that? All right. Happy Halloween for you. you. Might want to let that one bake a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a Like a pie. I hear you. Well, if you want to take a vacation <laughs> to see any of the haunted mansions in the United States or around the world, you can do so with Lee. Lee, tell him how to do this. Uh, just give me a call at 832-431-1621. That's 832-FUSSLEBUTT. 832-F-S-T-L-E-B-U-T-T. Fusslebutt. 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 That's a good one to Yeah. Email me at lee at magicarway.com. Check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel. And Instagram, you got a friend in Lee Travel. Do any of that? We'll get you hooked up and booked up with no Gusavika. And if you want to support the show, guys, buy some beignets, buy some clothing, and leave a rating of you in Apple Podcasts or wherever you download the show, whether it's Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play Music, etc. And remember, we are part of the BS Podcast Network, whose motto is be speaker mind, so you don't have to. So be sure to support our partners in podcasting over there. Also, if you want to have a place in which you could truly speak your Disney mind without fear of retribution, join us in the Magic Airway Pleasure. Whoops. Yeah, Matt Moeekin Pleasure Island 33 Facebook group. You'll have a chance to interact with all the famous Moeekins as well as Danny, Eli, Lee, Officer Moeekin, and yours truly. And Officer Moeekin, speaking of, thanks again for coming up from the Baya. Hey! To join us here in Fatsita. Oh, my pleasure. I love being here. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for letting me do all the heavy lifting. In that <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? And that brings us to my next my next thing. Pipeline? Huh? No, you no, pipe that, that, that's Eli. No, I don't lay no pipe. Uh, you let that? You let him out? Bed no. jumping? Bed jumping? I do do. That's a you do <laughs> do. I say do do. Oh, it's a poo joke. I would I would like to express Captain my obvious. Uh, I like to express my appreciation for y'all inviting me here, especially Danny for letting me. Chime in on his uh, <laughs> show. Uh, there were crickets over there. You didn't, oh even have the, you didn't even have the clips pulled up on time. Good lord. I said oh. chime in. I didn't say chime in a lot. I said chime in. Chime in. I chime do in. appreciate it. And I appreciate all of y'all for listening to and putting up with my uh, stuttering and stammering and us and everything. We do the same. It's okay. We, you know, you, just, part do, of the crew. you just do it with a heavy accent. <laughs> <laughs> The taser face? Who's that? <laughs> taser face. I just I don't know. He hit something. I just my hearing that. is a little off. But like, you're welcome. It took Kurt. me a minute before to realize that was one of those. Uh, thank uh, you, Eli. Yeah. Nobody else listening to me, but thank you for, <laughs> <laughs> for once, I will not do the how dare Eli anything. Yes, because I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the Eli zone right now. I'm sorry. All with love. It's all, all on the same there. side of the table. So that's yeah, same side of the table. Special, right? Hands up on top. Orientation or below. It doesn't matter to me. Oh, what? Huh? What happened? Anyway, guys, if you go, we thank you for listening <laughs> to us and make us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and always love hearing from our listeners. Uh, and we do have a, a getting a backlog of emails, so we're going to get caught up on that very soon. So we, if you sent an email, we hear you, and we're going to read that soon on a future show. And remember, all opinions are always welcome to Magic Girl Podcast, so get in touch with us today. So weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we say Kwaharini. My name is Kevin. I'm Danny. Magic out. I have every intention 
of eating those bananas for breakfast that I still somehow end up Pickwick with tacos. Picnic. Hey, folks, this is Lee from the Magic Our Way podcast. And while I'm booking all those magical Disney vacations, I'm listening to Mad Hatter Radio.